With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome in, everybody, to a special edition of Scout's Eye on college and pro football. You catch this show every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time. We're doing special um, shows here this week and next week is the week prior to the draft. And obviously next week being draft week, we're going to spend special time during the Scouts Eye show. We talk about a number of things uh, on uh, the we're the, in the world of football, college pro mix in a lot of things. We're going to be obviously focusing on the draft uh, this show uh, and every day this week at 4 p.m. Central and next week, Monday through Friday at uh, 4 p.m. Central. We're going to take your questions, um, certainly get to them as, as quick as I can. We appreciate your feedback. We appreciate your support. Um, we uh, have a special um, draft show that we are going to do that uh, was basically the idea of one of our great followers um, that suggested we do a draft show, and I said I don't know that – busy as I am with the teams that I do consulting work for, am I going to be able to get all of that done? Uh, you know, while I'm texting and DMS and, you know, I went to bed that night thinking, okay, um, why can't we, uh, is it going to be a little unvarnished unpolished? Yes. Well, I, will I have to take a step away and take some breaks. Absolutely going to have to do that. Um, I may have to, although, Calls are a minimum now, and it's mostly DM and text. I will have to take a little time to answer a text uh, from a team and, and whatnot. It, but that's I'm going to provide you um, a peek behind the curtain of kind of what it is for me and and what teams are doing with uh, dealing with. It's going to be kind of a live running behind the scene what's going on in the NFL draft from the Landry football lab here uh, as we will track everything and got all the technology to do so. So we're really excited about that. So make sure that you take advantage of uh, signing up for twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football, sign up, subscribe tree. So take advantage of that so that you can join us. We're going to do it. Start a half an hour before the first pick on Thursday half an hour before the first pick on Friday, half an hour before the first pick on Saturday. We're going to do it all three days. So you don't want to miss it. It's going to be a great um, look into the draft. Yeah, we'll give you the picks. Likely, yeah, in some cases, before they happen, um, we'll give you reaction as much as we can. We're going to give the complete reaction um, 
you know, as we got a little bit more time to follow up with folks uh, in the days and weeks following the draft, but we're going to give you the instant reactions of what's going on, maybe why the pick was made and uh, different thoughts. So we think it's going to be exciting. It's going to be different and a little bit more, as we like to say, unvarnished, where the other stuff is more dry and packaged and, you know, this guy's thoughts and that guy's thoughts. I, I get asked a lot, you know, and I understand and I appreciate the excitement of the draft, but there is in this day and age of the information age, you're so much misinformation, um, so much lack of understanding of what truly goes in inside a draft room. Um, I'm involved right now with over a dozen NFL teams doing consulting work, and it is more hectic than most years at this late stage due to the challenge of getting the information, particularly the medical information, under control, um, which has been a problem, which which is a problem this year, and it's usually taken care of long before now. But um, we're going to get into that. A reminder, and today I'm going to do today on this show, we're going to go through conference by conference. I'm going to go through the AFC East. We're going to talk a little bit about the teams, kind of where they are, uh, in free agency, remind you of their draft capital. Take a look a little bit about of what has happened to this point and maybe some options that might take place. You know, if you want this, just the old standard, well, who are they going to take with the, you know, their, their first pick? Well, outside of the first couple of picks, you're, you're talking about things that you don't know what's going to happen. And so, therefore, it's going to be largely inaccurate. So what I'd like to try to do with my quote-unquote mock drafts is basically something a little bit different. Take you inside the draft room of the teams and try to give you a feel for what it is they're looking for, what are their needs, maybe what's good value, and, and, and try to see where they may go. And so uh, I do that. We'll talk a little bit about it here. Um, but over at LandryFootball.com, I've got a feature up on all 32 teams. It's called On the Clock, Draft Room Strategy for each and every one of the NFL teams. So we take you inside to what potential looks are, what the needs are, what their free agent signings meant, their losses meant. I look at their depth chart to the, the pre-draft depth chart. Again, the free agent signings, we got it all for you. So you make sure you want to check that out. We're going to go through that. We also have up on there, uh, LandryFootball.com, the draft boards. The horizontal draft boards, the best overall players. We have the scouting reports on each and every one of those players. We've got the position board, the vertical board, which is by position um, the best players. As I see them, regardless of factoring in what the styles are, for example, and we're going to get into some of this, you know, I was doing a little work and for example, um, let's take a team like the jets or, you know, you know, in, in San Francisco, Seattle played out a lot of cover three. So they, their value on slot corners are a little different. Their nickel is usually a linebacker that covers a curl in the flat. So their value on a slot corner is going to be less than maybe somebody that plays a different type of coverage. Um, those are the type of things to understand that everybody's draft board looks different. And 
in the unrealistic world of making 32 different looking draft boards, I want to both warn and calm everybody before they start saying, hate this pick. My team should have did this. He'd have been available later. You don't know who's going to be available. You don't know enough about these players. You, the, the, you're not trained to evaluate these players. You don't have the information. You don't have the tools, the, the film that you need to look at on these players. You can't look at TV copy and, and think you can evaluate a player. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. And while picks will be good and bad, some picks will be good and be poorly developed. Some picks will be average and will be well-developed. All of that will be determined years from now. So with that said, uh, we invite you to check out a lot of those details over at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of the scouting season offer. It takes you inside the draft room, inside the film room, um, where these decisions are made in some of these meetings. Um, we'll get into some of the discussions about as we get further along this week and next week into maybe some of the drafts will go. We appreciate uh, see Kev, uh, Kev Villargo joining us. Thanks for cheering us on. Um, appreciate that. Um, you're a great friend of the show, and we appreciate everybody. Go ahead, if you would, and cheer us on a few bits. Just sign up for Landry Football. All you got to do is go to twitch.tv slash Football and sign up. You can listen to the podcast on your mobile device by signing up, and uh, you can catch this show. Um, if you're listening to it on a podcast form, you can catch it live. So make sure that you take advantage of it, and you can get a look. So just go to Twitch, join us in the chat room, communicate with us. Remember, remember to hit the heart button, the top of the page, and follow us. So we're going to take the division by division. We could do it a number of different ways. We could take – pick by pick, and we'll kind of go through that a little bit later, probably the middle and the latter part of last week. <clears throat> Excuse me. But we're going to start with the AFCs, and and kind of, as I see, um, and we just, I don't, I don't go in any particular order. I just go alphabetically, and, 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 and just pulling some notes. I've got much more detail at Landry Football to explain a lot of things, but we're going to hit on some key points that I think are really important on a team that, Look, they were 13-3 and three last year. They, Josh Allen made a big leap in year three. Stephon Diggs gave him a big-time talent. The defense played very well. Despite having a consistent pass rush, despite not being able to stop the run, offensively, they lack a great running back. Yet this is a really solid team that's got needs, I think can get value. The holes in the team are not so egregious that they, they're probably less tempted to jump out and just reach for a need. They've got pick 30, 61, 94, 162, 175, 214, and 237. A reminder that next year, 2022, they hold all their picks in round one through seven. Really important. That's why I'm giving you that, and we have it in LandryFootball.com in the notes section because that's where you can begin to look at possibilities of making trades of what or your draft capital in the next year. Um, 
looking at this team offensively, they could add a dynamic runner to the mix. Um, offensive line, I still think is an area they can upgrade. Um, a corner opposite Tredavious White, more edge pressure than um, Jerry Hughes is getting a little bit old. I do like uh, Dawson Knox, but I do think a, a weapon at tight end. Take a look at the depth chart, kind of how we guys graded. I think defensive end, um, got to generate a pass rusher. Who's going to slip there? Who could slip there? What are the possibilities? Going to be interesting to see. Um, we're going to get into maybe some of the possibilities in a second. Linebacker, uh, Matt Milano's um, re-signing was important. Um, he was sidelined in 2020, and, and we saw them have an effect on their run game. Um, they re-signed Darrell Williams, signed Bobby Hart. They feel, and this is where you have an effective free agent period, when you sign a free agent and you address a right tackle spot that is, you can upgrade those two, but it's not a glaring need. It's not a hole. Oh, God, we've got to find somebody there. You don't have to do that. Guard, they re-signed John Feliciano, signed Forrest Lamp. Forrest Lamp, the kid that never really developed, I liked him a lot, coming out of Western Kentucky, but he's not been able to stay healthy. Um, and in cornerback depth, Jonathan Norman has played plenty of snaps. Um, they need to move on. They've signed this offseason Emmanuel Sanders. Did not play well in New Orleans. Um you know, he was he had average production when he had to be the number one receiver when Michael Thomas was out. He's 34, doesn't have a much there. Role player there, not a big impact. But again, fills a need in a role, not a key contributor type guy. I don't think they can rely upon. Um, Bobby Hart, I mentioned him, 27 years old, one-year deal. Good run blocker, grades out well in the run game, was not a good enough pass protector, and I think that was a problem there. Sign Mitchell Trubisky as a backup. Not a bad move at all there to try to develop somebody that's young, that's got some playing experience. Really good signing there. So they re-signed Levi Wallace along with Milano. Darrell Williams, as I mentioned. Re-signed Isaiah McKenzie as a kick returner. Um He's a gadget player offensively. Uh, Feliciano, as I mentioned, resigned. Really good run blocking. Um, you know, missed him when he was out. If you look at the the top needs and where they may go and where some of their targets might be, edge rusher certainly jumps out at the top. They were 23rd in pressure rate last year, despite blitzing at the ninth highest rate among the league. Uh, Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison, very low ceiling on those guys. Um, AJ Epineza is a good player. That's a role player that can push the pocket from the edge, but not a great edge rusher at 30. Who's going to be there. Going to be interesting to see what a guy like a uh, Azizu Jalari be there would be a great fit for them would be great value for them. If he were there, um, I got him going a little bit higher. I've got him one of, as one of my um, 24 top graded players. Um, 
probably you're, you're going to see um, Jason Owe of, of Penn State be gone by then. Um, I do think that you're likely to have some options there at defensive end. I think the run's going to start middle of the first round, but I just don't know. Uh, Phillips will be gone. I think Owe will be gone. I think Russo will be gone. Quiddy Payne will be gone. Um, I think you're looking at in the first round, you'd probably have to take um, a Joe Tryon. Um, I, I wouldn't take uh, Joseph Asasi that high. I think you, you'd wait to the second. Um, you know, Carlos Basham, uh, Joe Tryon of, of, of Washington. I think those are the type of guys that you're probably looking at 30. Again, you're looking at second round value. Who's going to drop, though? Who's going to drop on the overall board that may not fit the biggest need? That's what we don't know. If Najee Harris is somehow still there, how the hell do you pass a guy like that up? Um, Zavin Collins is a great player. Um, I mean, you've got a number of good players. You start to stack them up. Um, you're going to have a really good option. Maybe you got an offensive lineman that slips. So I think they're going to get good value there at one. But I throw out those guys as options. But let's stick with the edge rush position, and let's just say they can't figure that out. What are the options at two? Um, how, how would you, you know, look at the rest of those guys? I think would be interesting um, to see. Uh, Hamakar Rashid might be an option. Quincy Roche, Cameron McCrone on the third round, Pete Werner, Chris Rumpf. Those are options there. At outside corner, um, Tredavious White is a guy that they love. There's not much behind him. Um, Got Levi Wallace. I think you got to upgrade that. They play a lot of cover two man. Um, Certainly Caleb Farley is going to be gone. You're you're looking at second round value, so you're you're looking at a Calvin Joseph. You're looking at a Tyson Campbell type of guy. Um, you know, I think uh, an Eric Stokes type of guy, uh, Melifanu, uh, uh, you know, type of players. Uh, I think that it's possibility that you'll have somebody like Greg Newsom or Melifanu or Sean Wade or Paul Debo or Robert Rochelle. Those are guys that are more second-round value that I think could be had in the bottom of the second round. Um, at slot corner, remember those guys are outside corners. You know, I think Teron Johnson uh, was really good there, but I think you can look at an Asante Samuel, uh, Trevon Morig, um, Elijah Molden, Aaron Robinson, uh, Trey Brown are some options there. At tight end, we talked about. Dawson Knox, Jake, Jacob Hollister, they'll miss him in the run game. He was a really good blocker. Um, you can get away with with having, you know, replacement uh, level starters at tight end because of just a handful of teams experiment with four wide receiver sets. But I think a Pat, Fry- Pat Fryermuth, certainly Brevin Jordan, Hunter Long and, and Tommy Tremble somewhere around the third round might represent some value. So I I like the position that the Bills are in because they've put together a good roster. Uh, they've got needs like anyone else, but they've got less egregious needs that are absolutely must. So that allows you to let the draft come to you 
it allows you to let your board kind of fall to you and then take take a really good player. Because if you think about it, um, if there is a player that that comes in at um, at an edge rusher slips, absolutely, you'd be excited there. Any one of the corners or the safety type guys would be a good fit. A tight end would be a good fit. Um, what else could be there? Uh, a linebacker. There may be a really good linebacker would be a fit. Um, and again, you know, an offensive tackle. I think you'll see a run on those guys. One of them slips, you're there. What about a really an elite guard? Um, Vera Tucker will be gone, but, you know, you start adding the numbers, somebody's going to slip. So particularly if you're a Bill fan, Bills fan, do not get locked into the fact that we got to have this position and we're, we need to take this guy because he's next on a given list that I read somewhere. Don't pay attention to that. Really don't. Um, the Miami Dolphins. Um, when I look at the Dolphins, it's still offensively a unit, the offensive line, that's just not very good. It's one of the worst in the league. Um, they did find Matt Skrull, who's going to be their center. They had a chance right there to be a playoff team, and they couldn't couldn't get it done. They have the 6th, the 18th, two first-rounders, the 36th, the 50th. They've got four picks in the top 50, five picks in the top 82. They got the 82nd pick, 157, 232, and 260. Um so they're in good shape next year. Hold all their picks um, in two to six. Protecting two is the key. I think it's the biggest need, the biggest key. Um, is it possible that Panay Sewell drop there? If Panay Sewell drops there, that's a no-brainer. That is a an elite player. Now, look, they drafted Laramie Tunsil and then let him go, and Laramie's one of the better tackles in the league. That, to me, makes a whole lot of sense. Um, I think they'll need to add a guard at some point. More on that later. I think they need two linebackers. That's their greatest weakness on defense. They struggled against the run. They traded for Bernard McKinney, um, signed Duke Riley, re-signed to Landon Roberts. But that's still a need to add youth and quality there. Um where may where they might go there. Look, I think we will get to the top because they're picking high enough, high enough to again avoid the whole let's talk about this guy, you know, where the needs are. There'll be a great player there. And in very likely with the quarterback issues, we're likely going to see an elite player still be there. Defensive end is a need. They've got a bunch of players that do a good job getting to the quarterback, but nobody that's a difference maker. They signed uh, Brendan Scarlett. They just don't have enough there. An elite player there makes some sense. Not necessarily at six, not, but I think there's there's room uh, there. Safety, they've got a pair of really good corners, but they do not have good enough safety play. Matt Skura is the answer to addressing a need at center. Receiver, solid group. they got Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. Signed Will Fuller. But they've got a decision to make at six. 
They'll be a great player there. Pitts will be there. Or Chase will be there. Or Sewell will be there. I don't see a scenario when you throw in the quarterbacks, one of those guys are going to be there. That's three of the top four elite players in this draft. Pitts, Chase, Sewell. You're talking about elite players. They're going to get one of them. So they're in great position, and and I think that pick comes to them, and it comes to them pretty easy. Um, you add a great weapon, be it at the tight end position, and people say, oh, not going to pick a tight end. They've got Gusecki. No, no, no. Depends on how you want to run it. Do you want a pitch as a weapon? He is a, a big slot. He's a guy they can line up outside. You want to play two tight end sets. You can do that, or you can go chase and play outside. You got real options there. Running back, Miles Gasson's a solid running uh, runner. Could stand to get better. They signed Malcolm Brown, but they could stand to get better there. Uh, and I think they will address this a little bit later. Will Fuller, as we mentioned, has been added. Didn't look like a number one receiver uh, without De- with De- in replacing DeAndre Hopkins in Houston, but he still's got some explosive games. Um, the injury history is the issue there. Justin Coleman was added to the secondary. Um, he's ordinary as a solid, you know, slot corner, but he was hurt last year. Um, if he's healthy, 28 years old, he's a solid answer at corner. Jacoby Brissett, I like a lot. You know, obviously they're moving on from Fitz. This is to his team. You need a good backup. Jacoby Brissett's got starting experience. He's a big guy. Really, really like that move. Um, lost Kyle Van Noy, which I think hurts him at linebacker. I think he's a versatile guy. Lost Ted Karras, both of them to the Patriots. Fitz went on to Washington. Landon Roberts is a do-it-all linebacker form that they re-signed. Um, their needs. You know, what do they do? I, I, I think it's we talked about at six. Could you imagine if the Dolphins come out of this with an elite? They could go in a number of different directions. So they could go, if Sewell's there, I think you take him. But let's say they let's say they go um they go pitch, they go chase, they can come around. And at 18, there's Darashaw, if not Slater. Um, they've got some real answers at offensive tackle. Um, Vera Tucker can play. He's got versatility. Um, Tevin Jenkins, you know, they, they're going to get one of those really good tackles. You talk about filling a need and getting quality they, uh, there. They'd be in really good shape there. Uh, they could get a playmaker and an offensive tackle. Last uh, draft, they had Austin Jackson, who they like, and maybe that's why they would go away from Panay I wouldn't. They got Robert Hunt on the second round. Now, Robert Hunt can be can move inside to guard. Um, they've got some good players. So, Tevin Jenkins, Jalen Mayfield, they've got some real options there at 18, um, and they can even go down to the Leatherwoods and the Jackson Carmans, the Liam Eikenbergs, the Walker Little type guys that they can get later on. So 
that's a possibility there. At 18, Vera Tucker very well could be there, would be a really good fit. They found uh, Skura in free agency, but uh, they could they could they can address right guard Jesse Davis. Um, I think they've got in Veritaka, that's a guy that's got great value at 18 because he could be a really good guard. He could play tackle for you in a pinch, make a lot of sense. At off-ball linebacker, uh, you know, they traded for Bernard McKinley. Um, he helps them and solidifies that inside linebacker spot, but outside backer is on the bucket list following the release of Kyle Van Noy. Um You've got to have an edge rush ability there. Michael Parsons has the tools. Um, if he would have fit there, dropped there to 18, they'd have to consider it as Jeremiah Owusu-Koromora. So there are a number of different directions that the Dolphins can go. You can see playmaker, tackle, rusher. Uh, they've got some real options. I think they fit running back a little bit later, but you'd have to throw in Najee Harris in that mix at 18, wouldn't you? Great back, feature back. You know, I think you'd have to throw that in. Um, maybe you wait and go with a Javante Williams or a Kenneth Gainwell or Michael Carter. What do you want? Are you willing to give your back uh, a lot of feature carries to be more of a focal point of your offense? I think you do. Um, the great thing about the draft, but the difficult thing about the draft is you got to make decisions. You can't get everybody. And then the slot receiver. Now, this is a position of need, but they play a lot of, you know, um, tight ends in the slot, Jusecki in the slot, which, you know, to me, I don't let this um, changes how I would factor in taking pits. But, you know, if they feel like we like Jusecki and we we don't know how much two tight ends we want to use, you know, that's where they could go. If they go playmaker early, they may go. Chase, we'll see. Um, if they want to at 18, would Devontae Smith slip that for? Would Waddle slip that for? What about Kadarius Tony? What about Elijah Moore? Uh, they've got some real options. What about Tutu Atwell or Amal Rase Brown over in the third or fourth round? Those are some some options for the Dolphins. Want to remind you that if you got any questions on this or any other uh, topics here, hit us up um, over in the chat room. Do have one question that was sent in that I'm going to get to here in a second. Uh, <clears throat> but I want to get to the Patriots, discuss them a little bit. Um, you know their quarterback situation, but there's some other needs on this team, and quarterback is most important. And while everyone will focus on who will they get, how will they get them, how is it going to play out, all those things are valid discussions, valid questions, and I don't have the answer to them right now. We'll see. But there's a lot more that needs to be done Be done. besides that. Um, they got 15, 46, 97, 121, 123, 140, 178, 189, 198, 244. They hold their, all their picks in rounds one through four and six and seven in 2022. They acquired two additional conditional seventh-round picks and traded away two conditional seventh-round picks in the fifth-round pick. So that's their look in the 2022 draft. Um, if you look at their needs, there's no doubt quarterback is at the top. They don't have their future set at quarterback. 
Um, what Cam can do now, what can he do um, in the future are two different questions, but the reality is they've got to get a quarterback addressed somehow, some way. We'll get into that in a second. I think they need two receivers. It's, it's poor receiving core in the league. I think Jacoby Myers has some ability. Aguiar may be able to bounce back Kendrick Bourne. Um, they, obviously, Harry was with someone that, that hasn't worked out yet. Defensive tackles a need. Um, this was a really bad run defense studying last year on tape. Um, adding a stud defensive tackle. Um, they signed Devon Gottschall and Henry Anderson and Montrevious Adams. Pluggers, not difference makers. Defensive end, signed Matthew Judon. Um, Chase Winovich, they just don't have enough there. So in the all-important defensive line position, the all-important corner position, still got some question marks. Center, they signed Ted Karras. Tight end. They signed Hunter Henry and Jono Smith. Um, they drafted a couple of tight ends. That didn't work out. Um, what did they do? Kyle Van Noy over from the Dolphins. Very versatile at the right price. He can look, the guy can clamp down on the run. He can drop into coverage. He had a down year in 2020, but he had the hip and groin issues. I think he's a real candidate to help them out. As do I think Matthew Judon, who is not a guy that's going to give you 12 sacks, but boy, he's going to give you six, eight, 10 sack, a lot of pressures, four years, 56 million. He's always good. Um, just missed four games. Very reliable. Mention the tight ends. Hunter Henry is a great talent. He's one of those weapon guys. Just can't stay healthy. If he can look out, John O. Smith, another guy with a lot of potential, only 26. Um, He's played well. He just hasn't dominated and been as consistent. Um, Ted Karras has signed over from the Dolphins. Um, he's better in the pass game than the run game. Um, not exceptional, but solid. Nelson Aguiar was, you know, as a guy that's really underachieved, got some drops. Um, he played better with the Raiders than he did with Philly. We'll see if he can do anything. For the Pats, Jalen Mills has done a good job of making the move from corner to safety. Um, I thought he did a really good job there. David Andrews is re-signed uh, with the Patriots, so it gives them some depth and versatility. J.C. Jackson was tendered. The 25-year-old corner was tendered a second round. as a proving player that they like, Nick Folk. Um I thought did a good job for the most part last year. The three extra points, not real good. And at the right price, Cam, James White is an effective back out of the backfield. Um, Dietrich Wise improved last year as a pass rusher. Uh, McCourty's just not the same type of player. So what do they do in this draft at each spot? Well, at 15, is there a quarterback that drops? How far do they drop? Do they drop in a range where New England will move up? Um, 
is a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance or a Mac Jones intrigue them? How much? It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, would a Kyle Trask be there at 54, uh, at 46, excuse me. Not sure that is the case. Um, do they at 96 for a Jamie Newman or a Davis Mills or a Kellen Mond? I mean, I think they're going to take a quarterback at some point. Those are kind of the options at outside corner. Stefan Gilmore is in the last year of his contract. They've got to move on, get younger there. They play a lot of cover one man and, um, and, uh, man match coverage, you know, certainly at 15, JC Horn, Greg Newsom, Caleb Farley. One of those will be there the second round, maybe a Tyson Campbell at 46, Asante Samuel, Eric Stokes. Those are some possibilities. Um, third round, Adebo, uh, Mukumau, Radarius Williams are all possibilities. The off-the-ball linebacker need. Look, Dante Howard opt out, at, opt out last year. He's 31 years old, enters the final year under his contract. Um, replacing him is difficult. You know, Kyle Duggar played last year the strong safety at the, the – 57% of the time in the box as the linebacker. Uh, Michael Parkins, Parsons, Jeremiah Owosu-Koromora, Xavier Collins, um, second round, maybe a Nick Bolton, Jabril Cox type of player, um, a Baron Browning, a Jamin Davis, or Derek Barnes, maybe a little bit later in the third round. We talked about receiver. What are some of the options there? They've not done a very good job, but true number one um, is needed. Again, guys like Aguiar and Bourne and Myers and Edelman's gone. They're going to play a lot of two tight ends, but at 15, would they take a Devontae Smith if he was there? I wouldn't take a Rashad Bateman quite that high, but maybe maybe they would. A Terrence Marshall's probably going in the first round. Too high at 15. Um, Dwayne Eskridge, Tywin Wallace or Deami Brown somewhere in the third round. Those are some real uh, interesting possibilities that we'll see uh, how that plays out. For the New York Jets, um, got to start with what they did in free agency. And I know it's a little bit of a snickering when you think of the Jets and what they've done in their history. But they did a really good, really solid job in free agency. Brought back Marcus May, um, who graded out well last year. Did a good job with wide receiver Corey Davis, who graded out well. Carl Larson is a good edge rusher. Um, I think LaMarcus Jorner is an underrated signing. Um, he'll be playing, playing safety in Robert Salah's defense as opposed to them trying to play them at slot in Vegas. That was that's a perfect example of not knowing a player's skill set and and not knowing how to put it together. I, I thought Jarner was a top five, six graded safety in 17 and 18. You know, last couple of years misplayed out of position. Uh, they got some work to do at corner, the outside corner graded out as poorly as anybody in football last year for the Jets. Um, Jets, as you know, have got two 
They've got 23, 34, 66, 87, 108, 147, 155, 187, 227. They hold all their picks in 2022 in rounds one through three and five through six. They hold an extra first-round pick and an extra second-round pick, an extra fourth-round pick, an extra fifth-round pick, and two six-round picks. They are loaded for bear next year um, with an extra second, an extra fourth, an extra fifth, and two extra six-round picks in the 2022 draft. Quarterback is expected at the number two at number two slot. Sure to be Zach Wilson. It's a need. They moved on from Sam Darnold. Um, we explained in detail at LandryFootball.com and on these various platforms. They decided to kind of punt on the whole Sam Darnold. We don't know whether we can build a team good enough. So we're going to go ahead and reboot, if you will. Um, I think they need the running back, but I don't, you know, again, how how big of a priority. And they signed Tevin Coleman. They still think it's a need. They need two edge rushers. They have needed edge rushing presence for a long time. They did sign Carl Lawson and Vinnie Curry. This is part of what I'm talking about is, so you need a running back, and that's why I bring this up. need a running back. Tevin Coleman gives you something. You need edge rushers. They sign veteran guys that have got some ability. So it doesn't force a pick in those spots. They need two corners. Desperate need for help there. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. Linebacker, C.J. Mosley, is um, he signed Jared Davis. He's not been real trustworthy. Um, receiver, Jamison Crowder and Denzel Mims are solid. So they signed Corey Davis. <clears throat> Keelan Cole fills a need. Uh, doesn't force a pick. Uh, they signed Dan Feeney. Um, I think it's still the weakest spot on their offensive line. Um, but at least they've signed a guy they can line up and play with. Um Jamal Adams at safety needs to be replaced. Ashton Davis has upside. Signing LaMarcus Jarner is a better fit. Um, Tight end, Chris Herndon's been a disappointment. Tyler Croft comes in, helps. As I mentioned, their signings, Lawson, um, 10-and-a-half sack guy over the past couple of years. He was the only consistent pass rusher for Cincinnati in 2020. Turns 26, got some upside. Sheldon Rankins um, is, when he's been right, and he's had some injuries, mainly the Achilles, he's been a pretty good player, and he's, I think, a potential rebound guy. Corey Davis was a huge bust in most people's eyes, but he bounced back with a big-time season. You don't know if you can trust him, I know, but, boy, this guy's got a lot of ability. Marcus Joyner, Jared Davis, Dan Feeney, Keenan Cole, Vinny Curry, Tevin Coleman, Tyler Croft. Justin Hardy, another corner from the Saints, was signed. Marcus May was franchised. He stepped up big time in Jamal Adams' departure. Um, come one of the better safeties in the league. Thought Brian Poole was their best corner last year. He's an excellent slot guy um, and I think can play on the outside, which is going to be important um, in this scheme to be able to play outside for, for Robert Sala. Um, you know about the quarterback situation. You know what the options are. 
there's we kind of pretty much know where that is and where they're going to go. No sense in going into what ifs because we pretty much know what is. Outside corners, again, remember, this is what I talk about. They're looking for big cover three zone corners. It's, again, maybe the worst-looking corner crop. Um, but we'll see. We'll see at, at, at 23 uh, is a, if a Newsom is there, maybe a Tyson Campbell, Asante Samuel, Melofanu, Paulson Adebo, uh, maybe in the third round, guys like that. Roe Williams, um, edge rusher, can't have enough of those guys. To me, on their second first-round pick, uh, even though they signed Larson and, and Vinnie Curry, I, I think uh, a Quiddy Pay, um, Ojolari, Greg Russo are all good candidates there. Um, maybe even Joe Tryon, Crincy Roche in the third round, um, Hamakar Rashid, um, kind of third round options, Cameron McGrone, Rashad Weaver, Pete Werner. Those are the type of guys I think you'd look at for them. At running back, um, you'd have to consider, in my opinion, Najee Harris. Maybe they'd consider ATN at 23. Those are the only two I'd consider at 23. Uh, Javante Williams at 34 if he were there. Certainly Gainwell or Michael Carter at 66 if he were there. Uh, Trey Sermon at 86 if he were there. Um, they're going to want, again, they want big slots. Or they they're gonna want guys that that are linebacker type guys that that can cover the curl in the flat. Um, you know, it, 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 the slot corner position is not as important, but you need to have the ability to play that even in a bigger role in a in a, in a physical size role. Twenty three, the only guy would be Trevin. Um, Morig, who's a really good leader, very instinctive guy. He's got cover-type skills, which at little size to him. Asante Samuel, Elijah Molden, Aaron Robinson, Trey Brown are second, third-round options, I think, would make some sense there. Uh, if you look at it, I think the Jets are in real position to kind of capitalize on what they've done with who they've signed, filling in, they hope, with some answers on the defensive line, some answers at receiver. Now they got to go get their quarterback. The offensive line's a little bit better than people might know. Um, Makai Becton, Alex Lewis, again, um, upgraded centers needed. Van Roten, George Fant. I mean, I think an upgrade there is a possibility, but not the biggest need there. Adding a runner, adding another young edge rusher, another corner, another linebacker. A lot of needs on this team, but a lot of picks and a lot of leverage in which to get a little bit better. Um, it's all you can do here. Here's the other thing I'd like to mention. You're, you're going to want to try to fill more needs than you're going to be able to. It's just the way it is. You're never satisfied with who you draft uh, and where things are going to go um, because you just can't get it all done. That's why it's important to set your draft board up so well without regards of need and then get the best players. And as you let that fall to you and you get your best players, then what happens is you end up with 
um, better players. And as we look at all the needs that these teams have, and yeah, they're maybe prioritized. There's still a lot of needs. And with free agencies and players moving, if you don't have enough good players, you're going to be in trouble. You sure as hell can't pass over a good player to try to pigeonhole a position of need. It just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't work out. So I think you got to let the draft come to you a little bit. I think you got to play it out some. And I think when you do that, you get better players. And certainly when you've got equal grades, certainly when you see guys equally in the same grade tier, well, you can then go and say, all right, look, we'll go with this need, or we'll say, you know what, we'll get this position here because we can better able to get ourselves a player that can help us at this other position a little bit later. That's why you set up a draft board. It allows you to do that. Um, I think it was Anthony that sent in a question. How do you break ties on players in draft meetings? Actually, it was um, Bob that asked that question. And it's a great question, and it's one that's apropos right now when you're meeting. And it's not just the first round. It's guys that are clusters in the second round, third round. So fourth round, fifth round, sixth round. So you got guys with equal grades. You got the same grade. Well, what you try to do is you look, first of all, in the overall view. Does one, is there a medical grade that would separate the two? Somebody that has got more problems or more issues. And again, we're not going to say, all right, both of these guys are pretty healthy. This guy is a little bit more healthy. No, if they're both healthy, both can play, it's fine. One of them's got a shield on them, meaning, you know, then then no, I think you 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 have to put them at the bottom of that great group. Assuming that's the case, assuming that mentally their ability to learn and process is relatively equal, then the way you do it is you take your critical factors at that position. Um, and so you look at who's better if you take receivers. All right, what's the what's the critical factors? Well, number one, it'd be hands outside the frame catch, release quickness, separation quickness, route running ability, speed, toughness, run after catch, uh, production, learning, the ability to adjust your body, uh, change of direction and balance, um, size, strength and explosion, and then blocking. So you got 14 areas. Well, the number one area hands is worth 14 points. Of the 14, there's the most important. How did this guy grade out? How did these two guys grade out? Did one get a 6'9 grade and one a 6'5? Write it in. What about release quickness? Well, this guy had, you know, you just grade them out. Then you do the overall numbers. That helps you bring to here are the guys with the best overall grade. These are the most important factors for that position that you've decided as an organization, the most important qualities, the most important factors in grading a position. Now let's take the most important factors, see who's graded out the best in those most important factors, and that ought to be your tiebreaker, and that's how I do it. If you're doing it with players at different positions, 
then that's where I think you're you're looking at player, same grade. The receiver is equally as good as the offensive tackle. Same grade. Again, assuming you've given them the same grade, the offensive tackle is tougher to find. Receivers are more plentiful. That is often your tiebreaker. If you believe that a given year in a given draft, let's say you have a linebacker and a tight end with the same grade. Well, in this draft, you might believe there's a little bit more depth at linebacker than at tight end. There usually is. So I feel like I'm going to, of the two that are graded the same, I'm going to go linebacker, uh, excuse me, tight end, then linebacker. But if I feel like there's a greater chance of finding my guy at another position a little bit later, I may lean towards the guy that's a little bit tougher to replace. That's draft management, though. You're asking me how to break ties on the players. Well, at different – I just told you how you do it at the same position. How do you do it at, multi, at, at varying positions? That's where I think you have to look hard at um, football character, work ethic, mental toughness, mental ability, capacity to learn, willingness to learn, love of football, health. All those things are important. And then what's more important to your team? Okay. it's it's Then I think you start to factor in who's going to play more snaps. If it's the tight end of the linebacker is a really good receiver, you may see that guy more snaps than you would the linebacker that may be off the field a lot in third down. Well, then that's an easy break. But that's that's determining a player's value. Player may be really good as a two-down linebacker, but he's a two-down linebacker. He's not going to give you as many snacks, not, snaps as not as productive. So hope that gives you an idea of how you break ties within the position and how you break ties uh out of the position. Um, listen, I appreciate you joining us. Uh, not as many folks joined us as I thought. Maybe, maybe again, they forgot. Um, we have mentioned it on our other shows that we're going to be all this week. So spread the word if you would, social media, what have you, help us out. Maybe get some more activity in the chat room. Appreciate uh, Kev Belargo coming in. Maybe it's the time of day. That's an issue. Maybe people getting off of work, get it, understand. No problem. Uh, we're just trying to provide you um, an option here. There wasn't a time in the morning that I could squeeze it in. Uh, so we're doing it here in the afternoon to try to help you um, get a feel uh, for things as we head to the draft. We'll try it again tomorrow, uh, see how it goes the rest of this week. And uh, that's the plan, at least, to do it every day this week at 4 p.m. Central Time. Every day next week at 4 p.m. Central Time. Um, we may... Uh, we may see about next week uh, about just not doing it on Thursday and Friday at this uh, uh, hour because what we may do is um, just since we're going to be doing the draft show, a reminder that the draft show is going to be uh, basically the entire draft. We're going to take you through the entire draft, unvarnished view of the draft behind the scenes. Uh, I'll, I'll have to step away a little bit. Um, maybe take a call here or there, but I'm going to try to basically take you inside as best I can share with you what I'm able to and what I'm comfortable doing about what's going on as these picks are being made, 
uh, how it's playing out. Those are things I think are going to be a lot of a lot of fun for you. So we're going to, uh, you know, be excited to kind of bring you a peel behind the curtain, so to speak, of what the draft is all about. Check out LandryFootball.com if you have not done so um, to get all the draft room strategy, team-by-team team look on the clock each and every team. The draft board, the horizontal board, the best overall players, the vertical board, the best players by position, the scouting reports on each and every player. Uh, we got it all for you there. Check it out at LandryFootball.com. Uh, we'll keep you up to date inside our notebook, the news and notes and rumors. We'll have information. Yeah, we'll do a what we call a version of a mock draft, but it is more of a strategy in which each team is thinking and as I put each team on the clock and giving you their strategy, we'll kind of take it down at least at the top and tell you, all right, here's what obviously this pick's thinking, where they're going, what are the options, what could happen if they do this. If they do that, this is what could happen. Because that's what you really need to know. What are the options? Because if we just go on, oh, this team's going to do, and then they don't do that, which they inevitably don't, then every other pick is useless. And, well, I didn't know that. Well, that's why a lot of times it's a useless exercise. So what we try to do, you really don't care so much about matching the player with the team as much as where they're likely going to go, what are the options, because that's going to affect who these teams are going to take. Right now, if you're 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 the Miami Dolphins at six, you know who you're going to take, provided you 100% know who's going to be there. And they don't 100% know who's going to be there, but they have their plan and they know who they're going to take. They know what they're going to do. Teams that are looking to move, they know what they'd like to do. It's just about letting the draft come to come to them a little bit. Then there's a point in which maybe you can make a move or make a pick, and we'll take you through all of that or on our draft show. Appreciate Kev you uh, joining us. Appreciate you recognizing the show. Shot in the dark, but what rounds do you think? For Kenny Yaboda and Royce Newman. Uh, those guys, Kenny Yaboda is going to be a mid-round pick. Royce Newman will be uh, uh, one as well. Uh, we'll get into it a little bit more as we're running out of time. Appreciate uh, Cross Caldwell joining us. If you would remind me, I'll take a little bit more time going in-depth into that tomorrow um, on our show. Same time, 4 p.m. Central, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of this week. So check us out there. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, have a great one, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.